hello, hello. Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. This Sunday, we host our anniversary service as we celebrate three years of goodness and favor. Today, Apostle teaches us from Scripture what it means to be convicted. The man of God teaches that we have been adopted into sonship with God and we boast of the blessing. Here comes your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the city of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Time where to slow, I can never tell it all. Words of you, this will have to do. I just want to thank you, the whole church. I just want to thank you. God for you. You've been so the sermon. You know, I'm, I'm running out of words, but thank you. And I'm gonna share a very short sermon for those who are joining us for the first time. What what a week uh, to join! Eh? Uh, thank you for coming and the sermon I'm going to share is entitled, I'll be very quick because we need this for the direction that the ministry is going. So the sermon is entitled, it's interesting, The Blessing of Conviction. Now, if you've been following the Holy Spirit series, last week we reached a point where we discovered that Jesus wanted to make many others like him And so I want us to see one thing that happens of the many things when a person has the Holy Spirit and especially when they learn to interact with the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest blessings that comes is conviction. You understand as we continue. John 16 verse 7, Jesus tells his disciples, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Let's go on. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The KJV puts it, reprove. He will convict, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, 
this ministry of conviction that the Holy Spirit has, you get to see it before salvation, and you also get to experience it after you're saved. There are so many things that we think are only of before you're saved, and we've never understood that they actually upgrade after being born again. So he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He will convict. Um, my first my first experience really with the Holy Spirit was when I was 14 years old. I was on a bus. I had known the ways of the Lord from childhood and I forgot them. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the only explanation I can give. I forgot them. And I was now learning and growing in the ways of the world. And as that was happening, I was on a bus and the Spirit of God said ministering to me. And you know the first thing I experienced? Conviction. There are certain things I couldn't do anymore. Certain conversations I couldn't have anymore. Never kill the voice of conviction. You can kill the voice of conviction, especially when you sear your conscience, because usually the convicting part appeals to your conscience. That's why the Bible tells us of some people whose consciences are seared. Never kill that voice of conviction. It has preserved me. Someone also asked, uh, how have you managed to live a godly life? Hey, that voice of conviction. It roars. And you know, you can go to a place where it thunders. You know, I remember one meeting. There's a gentleman. I'll call his name three. I'll call his name three. He came for a Word Empowerment Movement conference. And he says he was just standing there. And then all of a sudden, he just started hearing, bad three, bad three. Three, you're a sinner. Three, you need to give your life to the Lord. Now, that was obviously his conscience responding to the presence of the Spirit. How come he didn't feel like doing that when he was at home? Gave his life to Christ and became a very powerful believer. I can tell you of meeting after meeting, if you're just to analyze your own encounter, you observe that there was a moment of conviction. There was a moment of conviction. And you know, conviction, it's, it's a legal term. Because if somebody is a convict, if somebody is convicted, then they're going to be locked up behind. And as much as we use it in the negative sense, you know that conviction can be very, very positive. You can become a prisoner of hope. You know where you can't just help but be hopeful. For you, you're arrested by hope. Haven't you seen the scripture where it says, don't be slaves to sin, but be slaves to righteousness. You can literally become a slave to righteousness where you, where you just can't help but do the right thing. Where you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Not because there's anyone watching. It's just the right thing to do. You know, I'll never forget. I was, uh, I was at Guangzhou Airport. I was coming to Zambia from China. After we passed a certain section, there's this lady who left something very expensive by the checkpoint. She left it by mistake, and she walked all the way to that side. I will never forget, I left my bags, I grabbed it, and I ran after her. You know, it just, it just seemed like the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Eh? Ran after her, and I gave it to her. Oh, my goodness, she was in shock. Oh, my. And, and she couldn't really speak much English. She was speaking to me in French. And I saw her about to like reach out to her purse. And I immediately ran away from the scene. 
I wanted her to know that there are people who just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. So I was saying before salvation, it comes as conviction. And you may be in this place and you're not saved. And you can sense it, that conviction. There's that voice saying, eh, the pastor is talking to you. Then you're like, no, it's my neighbor. No, it's you. <laughs> There's that place where you say, you know what? I'm done with this life. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. He convicts you. When a prisoner is convicted, they can no longer live like the free people. Except you see the difference is that for us, when the flesh is no longer free, our spirit is free. I would rather have a free spirit and I bind my flesh than have a free flesh and a bound spirit. So it's the blessing of conviction. I was convicted. I was convicted. But then, after salvation, let me read what the, the word convict means apart from all the other meanings, to demonstrate by argument, to prove, to persuade anyone to do a thing by presenting reasons. I don't know if you get my point. Like where someone says, I wanted to put on this shirt, but I was convicted by my wife the whole morning. <laughs> I became a prisoner of her opinion. I don't know if you're getting my point. <laughs> Imagine that. Praise God. Are you getting a picture? So it's where you're persuaded. You're fully persuaded. So in a court scenario, someone is trying to persuade the judge over you. But can you imagine a situation where the Holy Spirit is in you and he's persuading you over you? So he, he, he strongly persuades you to get saved. But after salvation, he convicts you of righteousness. Let, let me explain. Before salvation, you are convinced of the reality that you are in sin. Suddenly, you know you are in sin. And then you are convinced of the reality that Jesus is the Lamb of God. You are convinced of Jesus' righteousness. And then you are convinced that for you to be saved, it's only him. Okay? Imagine a situation where somebody is trying to get you to do an admission of guilt. You write down, and you write in your... You're literally saying, I'm guilty because of ABCD. You're confessing what you did. But now for us, we don't confess our sin to be saved. We confess the righteousness of Jesus. We acknowledge we are sinful. That's before salvation. Then we confess his righteousness. And then we stand before the courts of heaven and we say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. At that very moment, there's a divine exchange. What he achieved through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension becomes yours. I believe you are the son of God. Meaning, the moment you believe he is the son of God, one of these days we'll do a teaching on that. Then you're acknowledging that he came from God and all the things that he came to fulfill, you're acknowledging them. You confess the Lord Jesus. Now, it says the Lord Jesus, right? It didn't say you confess the Savior Jesus. Interestingly, it uses the term the Lord. In short, you're coming under his lordship. They are coming under his mastery. Do you wonder how a lot of uh, African Americans have English names? It's because during the slave trade, when they went to live in the places who, as slaves, if they were under a slave master named Mr. Smith, then their surname was changed. It was no longer Kunta Kite. Their surname was changed now to Kunta Smith. <laughs> And that name came past. Why? Because they were coming under the lordship of Smith. So when you say Lord Jesus, you're coming under his lordship. You're coming under his ownership. 
In short now, Jesus is saying, mine. Mine. Nobody deserves to die. I died on his behalf. No, he should be buried. I was buried. And then when I rose from the dead, he can now experience the newness of life. So, afterwards, he doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't leave us just with salvation. The spirit comes and he's to our advantage. And one of the things now that he does when you're saved is that he begins to witness to your spirit that you're a child of God. Look at Romans 8, verse 15. That's why if you're in a position where if we asked if the Lord Jesus came today, would you be excited? Are you ready to meet him? If your answer is no, there's a high chance you're not saved. If your answer is on the maybe, there's a high chance you've not done foundation class. Or you've lost confidence before God because there's a life that you're living, which can be corrected. It can be corrected. Because remember, when you live a certain life, you lose confidence. If you've read 3 John, is it? Yeah, 1 John 3.20. But now, let's look at it. Romans 8. For you did not receive. Somebody say, I have received. Now, look at what you've been told. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Hold on. Let me explain that. Listen to me. If I remember the first time uh, my, I, I, I tried very hard to I tried my level best to interact uh, with Pastor Cholo. I, I tried to by interact, I don't mean in a meaningful way, but I mean I really wanted to have an encounter with him beyond the meetings. And oh my goodness, it was work. It wasn't happening. And so I just decided I'll follow him from a distance. And he hosted a meeting. It was a professional, uh, it was a professional meeting. The 15 laws of development by John Maxwell. 15 laws of growth. I'd never heard of John Maxwell by then. I wasn't even really sure if I wanted to know any of the 15 laws. I just wanted to sit near. So I, I registered for it. And I was sitting there. And I was quiet. I was not talking much. And for me, I was getting, oh, by the way, the professional stuff, my goodness, the stuff it did to me. I came and applied it to the church and we've experienced it. But I was, me, I was going beyond the professional stuff. I was getting insight and insight and insight. And I'll never forget, I was quiet most of the time. And I received a phone call some months later from one of his, uh, one of the people that works with him. And the person says, a pastor has asked for you. I said, are you serious? You're joking. By then, I had a pushback, haircut, quick, quick, and, and the like. And I remember going to the office. I, I didn't know, do I say hi? Do I say, I, I, I didn't know what to say. I wasn't as free as the other people. My first approach was I was afraid. I wasn't as free as everybody else. I don't know if you're getting my point. And he said, you know, sometimes when you're speaking, you can tell who's caught it. And he tells me, I could tell you caught it. 
as time went by, I remember when I visited the minister and he calls me up, which was very unexpected. You will learn something from this. And afterwards, I reach home and I receive three photos. And I check the number because I had once received that number in a dream. So I check the number. Don't ask me how. <laughs> and oh my goodness, it was a man of God. I didn't know whether I, I had permission to save it. No, honestly, I didn't know. Am I allowed to save it? And as time went by, I was being given the gift of access. Like, oh, come through and all that. Now, what did that do? It removed fear. Doesn't remove reverence. But I now knew, oh, I can save the line. Oh, I can send a message. <laughs> the first time I WhatsApped, you should have seen me retyping and retyping and walking about reading the message to myself. I still do that, but what I'm trying to say, <laughs> I'm already planning how I will say things. I don't know how. But what I'm trying to say is that if you've not interacted with someone, it's very possible to approach them more with fear. But then you find um, there can be this huge man who everybody fears because this guy can beat up people. And his daughter is saying, hey, daddy, come, and puts a crown on him and says, oh, says, go on your four feet, let's play doggy. Now, look at that scripture again. Remember those stories? Now, look at that scripture. We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption. Why he said, look, you're mine. You're mine. And I would need another session to explain because in the Jewish tradition, you adopt your own child when they reach of age. And he says, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Meaning, because the Spirit of God convicts. He, he's, because we've received the Spirit of adoption, there is a way we're able to cry out to God. If we were to meet Elijah today, we may want to share a few stories, we may want to say a few things. Maybe we may even be afraid of him. If you are to meet Moses today, you may want to say hi. But there is something about God. When you meet him, you just want to say, Daddy. You just want to say, Dad. You want to say, Father. Because of the spirit of adoption. Now look at the next verse. What, how? The spirit himself bears witness. What is the witness? It's to give evidence beyond reasonable doubt. He bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So when you are saved, the spirit of God starts interacting with your spirit. And you are fully convinced that you are God's child. Such that even if your favorite preacher came and said, you are not saved, that part, you say with, I honor you, but this one, this one I can't be talked out of. You can attend any lecture by any philosopher. I've been lectured by a lot of atheists. That's one of the reasons why I'm studying a lot. Because either, <laughs> God permitting, I might lecture a little. But the biggest thing is that I want to inspire a lot of believers to lecture. Because we've got too many atheists who are giving their own opinions. It doesn't matter what they stand in front to say. Listen, there's someone who speaks on the inside of me. They, that's how come the likes of Peter, which takes us to our third part. There is a place beyond him convincing you to be a child of God. There is a place where he convicts you over ministry. And that's the conviction that's increasing in this spirit. Let me tell you what I mean by over ministry. It's over purpose. Are you serious? Do you think God just called you to be on earth? 
get saved one day, remain a baby the entire time, not having impacted any person's life. And you know, the advantage that we have with a church like the City of the Lord Church is that you don't all have to be Adam. Sometimes not everyone has to be Abraham. Sometimes it can be Isaac and Jacob. You can carry out a vision that was communicated first to another person. But are you telling me, isn't there more to life than a car? Isn't there more to life than any of these things? Which the Father knows you need. There is a place where the Spirit convicts you of a ministry, convicts you of a purpose. Praise God. And this conviction, you see, your spirit is more real than your body. This conviction is beyond your body. Haven't you, haven't you ever had a day, maybe in serving in ministry, where you've had to serve when you're extremely tired, but there's something bullying your body, like <laughs> where you bully your body from the inside? It's a place of conviction that I want us to get to. It's a conviction that's stronger than a desire to spend. I, I know what I'm talking about. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 13. What does the Apostle Paul say? He says, If we are besides ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. Verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died, then all died. In short, we are saying, look, sometimes you may see us as crazy. It is for God. Sometimes you may see us as people of a sound mind. It is for you. Sometimes you wonder, how come pastor just won't let go of me? The love of God compels us. What is it compelling us? That if Jesus died, why should anyone else die? That if Jesus died, why should anyone else die? Why should anyone else? Listen, if Jesus overcame, why should anyone else be bound? I'm telling you, the love of God compels us. It compels us. It compels us. And that's when he goes on to say, if any man being Christ is a new creation, and talks about being ambassadors of the kingdom. An ambassador is compelled. Somebody praise the Lord. And you can't compel others if you yourself are not compelled. Let me show you another verse. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16. Praise God. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul is saying if I don't preach the gospel, I'm cursed. He says necessity is laid upon me. Ladies and gentlemen, we're dealing with a broken world. We're dealing with a dying world. We're dealing with a world that's experiencing gross darkness. But a prophecy was given about this time. That at the same period of darkness, there are those who arise and shine. And then those who are in darkness will see a great light. Ladies and gentlemen, are you convinced? Does God still need to convince you? 
Look at Acts 4, verse 13. Let's start from verse 17. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name, which name? Jesus. Uh So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Uh But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you be the judge. He, there was someone inside convicting him. There was someone inside compelling him. And he says, look, you are on the outside. Whether it's right to listen to you or to God, you be the judge. How was he so sure? He was fully convinced. Let's go on. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. This is the same Peter who ran when he was asked by a servant girl, weren't you with Jesus? What was the difference? He now had the spirit within him. Let's go on. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. Next verse. Next verse. Being let go, they went to their companions, and what did they do? They prayed. Can I show you one final one? Are you interested? Let's go to Acts 5. Acts 5. Let's go to verse 17. Conviction, it brings about the supernatural. You know that, eh? The high priest rose up and with all those who were with him, laid their hands on apostles, not the laying of hands which we, which we like. They laid hands on them and put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, uh-huh, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Uh-huh. And when they had heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children and sent to the prison to have them brought. (laughs) Praise God. And when they did not find them, I'm sure we know what happened. I want us to see this again. Verse 25. So one came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. They were compelled The one who was compelling them was bigger than flesh. Let's go on. The captain with the officers brought them without violence for they feared the people least they should be stoned. Verse 28. And they told them, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Lusaka with your doctrine. (laughs) Come on, you have filled Zambia with your doctrine. The next verse. You are flooding Facebook with your doctrine. What else is there? Yeah, you keep on flooding TikTok with your doctrine. <laughs> but Peter answered, and the other apostles answered, we ought to obey God rather than men. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I want us just to look at one more verse. Verse 40 and 41. 
I just want you to see that conviction is in the spirit. It's beyond the flesh. Verse 40. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, these guys used to beat. They commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. What happened next? So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. How can you fight a person who's so convinced? How can you fight the Apostle Paul when he tells you, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain? You're doing him a favor. I mean, we feel bad for the martyrs. They were doing them a favor. What am I trying to say? It's our time to spread out, to minister to as many people as possible. But you know something? That won't happen if you still need convincing. If you still need convincing over the basics, if you still need convincing over the purpose of the local church, there are people who come to church by invitation from the pastor. Every week, we have to invite you. There are others who are convinced. There are others, it's a resolve. You know, one of the things I will really advise you is to set a resolve in your heart. Peter says, set Christ apart in your heart. Set a resolve. When you set Christ apart in your heart, it means, let's say there are things that are happening and they've gotten you emotionally down. Christ is not affected by that. Your relationship with Christ is not affected. Him has been set apart in your heart. I don't know if you're getting my point. Like, you should be, you shouldn't, we shouldn't struggle to convince you. That's the spirit of God's job. When we preach the word, our words are not just flesh. They're life and they're spirit. But I'll tell you something. How the spirit of God works is you have to cooperate with him. If you don't cooperate with him, you won't experience the fullness. Make it a resolve to be deliberate about certain things. Listen, go in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm not ordinary. I'm not being called to just sit in the, in the chairs. No. There's purpose on me. There are gifts on me. There's an assignment on me. I've got a role to play in the body of Christ in general. I've got a role to play in, my, in, in, in our church, in, in, in the upkeep of the church, in the spreading of the church. I've got a role to play. Make it a resolve to say, I've got a role to play in society. I've got a role to play in the neighborhood. I've got a role to play in ABCD. The the people who've made the most impact on earth, whether negative or positive, they are convinced about their ideologies. They are convinced about their ideologies. Do you know why there's a lot of the LGBT movement and stuff like that? It's because there's some people who are so convinced they are willing to put their money where their mouth is. They put their money where their mouth is. And they sponsor adverts. They sponsor all these things. Are you convinced? Have you come to a place where it's now a need? It's now necessity. It's your responsibility. A man who is convinced. It's the biggest thing that I try to build personally. It's my conviction. Paul says, I'm fully persuaded that neither life nor death. You know, Paul's persuasion was so big. That even when he was making his comparisons in Romans 8, is it 38 and 39? He even stopped talking about earthly things. He started saying, neither life nor death, angels nor demons, past nor presence, not even principalities. As in the, the man's conviction was even beyond fleshly things. It was beyond people whose... Somebody can... 
stop their journey with the Lord because they got a bad grade. Honestly, the Apostle Paul would laugh if he heard some of the things that I think he would laugh. Someone disappointed you. That doesn't mean Jesus is the one who did that. Just stop with your journey with the Lord because of that. Others, when they get like this big job, are you kidding me? The conviction dies just like that. You know, we should come to a place where there are certain things that, have you noticed when he says bad company corrupts good morals? In one of them, he even says, I say this to your shame. No, I'd have been a better Christian. It's just that the people I work with, they all go clubbing. So, are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, can't we come to a higher place of conviction? Why are convinced beyond reasonable doubt? And I'll tell you something. When you're convinced, without even saying much words, your character will convince your workmates. Suddenly, you just see, and here's how you know. The day they have a prayer request, it's you they'll text. It's you they'll send a message when they want to hear from a pastor. Even your family can be convinced. No, you must come to a place, ladies and gentlemen, where you are fully convinced. Make a resolve that we'll never have to invite you for church again. If you make a resolve that a child is not invited home, make that your resolve. Praise God. Make it your resolve that the work will never slow down because of you. When God was bringing you, he was not just bringing you to here. He was bringing you because he knew this vision needed somebody like you. He knew that those attributes you have, that mindset you have, that stubbornness you have. (laughs) You are laughing. (laughs) Leadership, you learn how to use the attributes of different people. For example, I know myself. I'm very stubborn. Once I say this one, I'm winning to the Lord. Ha! Ha, me! I won't let go. I'll still call every two, three months. I'm telling you. That creativity you have, those songs you write, and you know something, let's stop keeping it down. Let's go big with this. I'll give you an example. We had, let's say the video by Alice. Imagine how many people would reach if everyone just went on Facebook and clicked share. It should bother you if we ever have a service with less than 2,000 views. And then you have finding some kafani video. A funny, a, a, a funny video of someone saying, what am I? I'm a man. What is this? It is a get. Get man. Hey, don't leave me. <laughs> that should have 20,000 views. And a message like this one should have 300 views. Are you serious? Are you convinced that this message can change the world? Are you convinced that everyone needs an in my city in their life? If you are convinced, you'll do everything in your power to ensure that everyone has it. Praise the Lord. I can tell you something. Let me tell you what bothers me as I end. I'll preach more next week. 
And tell what bothers me. I'm fully convinced. This one actually hurts me. That there are many people who would be alive right now had me or anyone I had trained laid hands on them. I'm fully convinced that there are, peop- there are people who wouldn't have been in hell right now had they just heard me speak. Some of those messages that we put live on Facebook back then and the audio just got interrupted because maybe we're using a bad device. Or someone who, if they heard that message, maybe our deco was not as attractive back then. And so there's someone who saw the video and scrolled through because it didn't appeal to their eyes. Had they heard that message? So we do anything we can. Had I not given Hanson an opportunity to sing Nidipe, you find there's someone who, that's the only music that ministers to them. Had we said here, we just sing glory. I would have lost that person. Praise God. I'm telling you, I don't know if you're getting my point. I'm fully convinced. That maybe if we were to share Superstar, and everyone here was to share it. Maybe there's somebody whose self-esteem will come back. And because their self-esteem will come back, they will not go date that married man. Because they'll be, they'll be walking about thinking, he's made me a superstar. I'm fully convinced that even the one we're launching in a few minutes will take people to deeper dimensions of worship. Ladies and gentlemen, We've got work to do. On this, our third anniversary, allow me to say to you that I'm fully committed to your growth. I'm fully committed to your elevation. I'm fully committed to being your intercessor. I doubt there are many people who pray for you more than I do. If they do, I need to give them a hand. I'm fully committed to administrating a structure so that even if you cannot personally see me, you will still get to see me how beat through others. You will still get to feel my presence. I'm fully committed to you living a life where you're no longer hopeless, but you're now the one who's bringing hope to the hopeless. And you are establishing a community of believers. I'm fully committed to this work where we have got a community, a community with, all, with different parts, different facets. Others are doctors, others are lawyers, others are footballers, others are musicians. Or should I say musicians? Others, I don't know, all sorts of, others are in the acting field, others are all sorts of areas. But what unites us is that we're a community of believers who are led by the Spirit, living by faith, and walking in love. I'm fully committed to this work. If you've given up on yourself, I've got good news for you. I haven't given up on you. I'm fully committed to this. Some, we may have to whip each other every now and then, rebuke each other, correct each other. I'm still fully committed to you. Extremely. You may have messed up. You may think, for me, purpose has now bypassed me because, you know, all those things you told us not to do, Pastor, I did them. I finished the syllabus. And not when I was not saved, when I was saved. I'm still fully convinced 
that God has better plans for you. I'm still fully convinced that the blood of Jesus speak better, speaks better words over you. That's why I cannot accept that any of you is under a curse. Not with what the blood of Jesus speaks about you. I'm fully convinced that this word of God is able to build you up. And that's why we'll keep teaching it. That's why we'll keep preaching it. We'll have conference after conference, sermon after sermon. Because this word of his grace, it is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the sanctified. you know what that means? Listen, when we talk about the blessing, the first person that comes to many people's minds is Abraham. And so he's among the saints and he experienced that blessing. And that blessing manifested in wealth, health, and all those things. He was 120 years old, his eyes were still strong. Now this word of his grace is able to not just build you up, but it gives you your inheritance among those that are sanctified. So when we speak of the blessing, we'll not just speak of Abraham, we'll speak of Laura. When we speak of the blessing, we'll not just speak of Jacob, we'll speak of Tamandani. What am I trying to say? When we are giving examples of what God has done, we'll not just go to the scriptures and talk about this one and that one. No, we'll say, hey, okay, it's time to give examples. We've shown you from the scriptures. Now let's show you some living scriptures, some living epistles. And we'll say, over there, come over. Over there, come over. And that's what God is doing in these next years. These next three years. I had a dream. And in my dream, within three years, we had our own place. And our structure was... I remember it very well. Listen to me. We had our own place. And we were in two locations in Lusaka. And I said something to the Lord. I said, Lord, even as we are now embarking on the project of our place. And by the way, in case you don't know if there's a place that you've spotted, you're going to Syriacus where she, she can stand and wave. She's the one that's leading the delegation. Or you can just, she's the one leading the delegation. There's a committee in place. Maybe we just don't know that you're good at those things. Come tell us. We don't mind. There's a committee in place finding a place. And apart from being in our own place within the next three years, I saw you. Some of you who right now you're only the leader of your chair. You are now leading ten. Others who are leading ten were now leading a hundred. Others, others, that's why join a department. Start doing something. We need to prepare you for the work that's there. It starts with managing managing deco. Before you know it, you're managing people. Listen, I say to the Lord, and you know something, when I looked at our place, because I was there in a vision, there wasn't like this big donation that came from another country or something like that. You know what happened? It came from you. You know what that shows me? It means if you've had a business idea, get practical. Start working on it. It's no longer just for you. You've got a baby now. That baby is called the city of the Lord Church. Listen. <laughs> and, and you know how a baby is? A baby is demanding, but at the same time, very fulfilling. A child can wake you up at zero one, but my friend, you'd rather the child wakes you up than something bad happen to them. Come on, guys. We've got, we've got a ministry to build. Go and apply for those jobs again. And this time as you're applying, lay hands and say, hey, you, <laughs> listen, this is no longer just about me. There is a ministry involved. 
There is God's work involved. Go and launch out and say, look, it's no longer just about me. When you are writing that exam, <laughs> when you are writing it, no, honestly, it's no longer just about you. I remember I had, I had some trouble with my master's thesis. I'll be honest with you. For a minute, maybe more, I didn't think I would make it. Then I sat and thought about you. I almost quit. Then I forgot that we made a mistake. We told you guys I was doing my master's. I thought about you. I was handling a lot of busy things in ministry. I went to China in that same period. Those who were with me in China, I think Chungoy or me, who else was with me in China? Those who were with me in China, you remember, any free time I had, I was on my computer doing my work. It was bigger than me. I went to Kenya. Kenya was worse. Because Kenya, the meetings were the whole day. I would get a free 20 minutes and I would be working on my dissertation. And I'm thinking, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. There's something that will break in the ministry. It's bigger. It's bigger. Start living a life. Listen, God has put too much on you for your life to just be about you, your wife, and your, your, your three children. It, what's in you is bigger. What's in you is bigger. God has called you to father nations. It's bigger than that. It's bigger. You can't just think about you. It's bigger. And here's what I'll tell you. The same faith you have. If I, when we did the history, if we told you the challenges we had, if we told you we were once deregistered, if we told you we were once venueless, if we told you how we were being laughed at and mocked, I don't think you'd believe. But we'd sit down as a board and say, okay, guys, today we're praying from 23 until God speaks. Because something was just burning in us. The love of God compelled us. We told ourselves whether we meet under a tree, whether we meet in a shade, this message must be preached. This message must be preached. And I can tell you of testimony after testimony and story after story. And how we got re-registered in one day. <laughs> I can tell you story after story after story. But I can tell I asked my leaders one day. I said, in any of those moments, did you ever think the ministry would crash? They said, no. Then I realized something. If you can have the same faith you have over this ministry and apply it on your life, that same faith you have that this ministry will never go down and apply it to your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I take my position as a man of God in the house. I speak this blessing over you. In Jesus' name. The same way this ministry has been set on course to flourish over the next three years. Now I speak over you that your life is set on course. Your life flourishes. I direct it. I decree and declare it cannot steer out of direction. It cannot steer out of direction. No, the direction is firm. The direction is firm. The direction is firm. It cannot steer out of direction. 
in the name of Jesus. All the things that you need to fulfill in your personal life, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus, they happen. In the name of Jesus, they happen. In the name of Jesus, they happen. I call to manifestations those prophecies over your life. I call to manifestation those declarations over your life. I call to manifestation those confessions over your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Lazarus. You're blessed. You're blessed. You are blessed. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.